gentlemen welcome it is the wrestling with edwards podcast with your host scotty wrestling you know i tried something new this week and can't say i love it but we're gonna roll with it this is episode number 37 on the never-ending road to 100 uh again of course i am scotty wrestling and if you've already seen this week i already did my wrestlemania review so that will not be discussed too much on this show you can go back and check that out uh big fan of a lot of stuff from there including sasha Banks, bianca belair and the triple threat main event from wrestlemania night two but we will be talking about the raw after mania as well as nxt AEW, stardom cinderella and we will discuss the match of the week, as we like to do every single week. So, as always, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Raw After Mania can be a major event. Major event in WWE. It's almost had an, its own life of itself over the past decade especially. Uh, we've seen returns. We've seen a lot of things. Cash-ins. Debuts. You name it. We've seen it. We've seen it on the night after WrestleMania. It's a big, big night. But a lot of that has had to do with the crowds in attendance. And the past two years, they haven't had that. Um, you know, they, they understand it's a big event, but they don't really do too much because with no crowds, it almost feels not worth it at a sense. And I kind of get that. So I'll start off this week by saying there was no Becky Lynch return. There was no Adam Cole debut. There was no Io Shirai debut, at least on Raw. None of that. None of the big possibilities. None of those happened. Uh, what we did get was a triple threat match to decide Bobby Lashley's next challenger between Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, Braun Strowman. And not so shockingly, Drew McIntyre is going to be the man that faces Lashley once again. However, I guess their big swerve of sorts was Retribution helping 
MVP attacked Drew after the match. And when I say retribution, I mean Dominic Dijakovic and Dio Madden. Um, or what are they called now? T-Bar and Mace. I guess this is a move. Um, I guess this was supposed to be slightly surprising, but the way they've built Retribution for, you know, over the past year has made you not give a shit about this. Uh, they had their mask on, they had everything on. So I guess the good hopeful thing is that coming out of this, these two guys lose their masks, get their names back. Like that would be big time plus moving forward to me. Um, but yeah, that was one of the three big things on this rather um, unremarkable Monday Night Raw show. Um, it didn't even matter that was Raw after Mania. Don't get me wrong. It's probably better than a few Raws over the past few months. But man, it's it was not good. It was, it was not good. Um, the Viking Raiders returned. That was kind of cool. Um, I almost forgot that they were part of the company to begin with. Um, I believe it was Ivar who was out for a number of months, almost almost a year maybe. Uh, but him and Eric returned. They beat Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. And, you know, they look better than ever. Uh, it's, it's really hard to... Rem- uh, forget that these two were everything in NXT, but that I feel like that go. You know, this we say that a lot. There's a lot of times that these either tag teams or single stars are great at NXT, get to the main roster, treated like nothing. I will say though, the Viking Raiders, from what I remember, did not lose much on the main roster. Um, so they have that going for them. Uh, big win here, you know, they could be the team to beat AJ Styles and Omos down the line. Worth noting, AJ Styles and Omos were not on the show this week, um, considering they're the new champions. That was kind of upsetting, and Sheamus wasn't either. So the two new champions, some two people that, you know, a lot of people would say was the part of the best part of Raw, yeah, they weren't on the show. But the other new champion was as Rhea Ripley defended her newly won Raw Women's Championship in a rematch against Asuka. But earlier in the night, Charlotte Flair returned. Charlotte Flair was held off of WrestleMania. She was complaining about that. Um, she cut a decent promo. People, some people over-exaggerate it. It's pretty much, you know, her usual promo. But She did take a nice little swerve where she said, I don't take opportunities, I am the opportunity. I thought that was a really good line. Because if you think about it, yes, Charlotte Flair definitely is the opportunity in that division. Uh, She ruined the Rhea-Asuka match by attacking both women. And it looks like we're going to get that triple threat that we didn't get at WrestleMania. looks like we're going to get that triple threat at WrestleMania Backlash. And I wonder, do they change the title already to Charlotte? I certainly, I feel like they will, which would be a shame because I think Rhea deserves, you know, that run at the top to start. I don't think you should just take it off of her because you want to go to old reliable that no one wants to see win. I just think that would be 
just bad. Just bad. I'm sorry. But you know what? It was not a great Raw after Mania. Maybe the worst in years. I guess last year's probably wasn't very good either. But we get through that. Um, I think SmackDown will be good. And, you know, I'm taking the good here. So let's move on to NXT, which was a very good show. First night on Tuesday nights. Uh, that's big because I felt like instantly from the beginning they weren't having to feel competitive. They weren't having to book their show to fight AEW. And I felt that on both shows, really. They felt fresher. They felt like they could actually build storylines now. They didn't have to just give away big matches after big matches. And I'm intrigued. I'm really intrigued with where NXT is going from here. Uh, Karrion Cross, the new NXT champion, kicked off the show. He essentially laid down the challenge to the locker room that if anyone wants that NXT title, they can step up. He plans to take out anyone and everyone in his path to becoming the greatest NXT champion of all time. Very interesting to me because I don't need a long carrying across rain. I don't. I just don't think... It's necessary for NXT. I think we've had our fair share of long title runs down there, and I think Cross isn't the type of wrestler that that will be beneficial to the brand, if that makes sense. Um, but I definitely do think that he's going to be an interesting champion. I like the mindset here. He's kind of going down the EOS um, situation where any challenger is welcome. Um, and I think that's always a good idea for someone like him. He doesn't want to look like weak or anything. That's definitely something you want to keep carrying Cross looking from. You want to keep him strong. MSK had their first NXT Tag Team Championship title defense against Killian Dane and Drake Maverick. Very interesting note here. MSK was booed by the um, Capital Wrestling Center crowd, so... That was an interesting little uh, curveball that I wasn't expecting, mostly because MSK are great. Um, they're one of the you know best tag teams, I think, in the world. And the fact that people were so willing to boo them already, is it because they're winning? Like I don't I don't understand why they were being booed. I might have missed something there. Um, their shirts even sold out. So it's an interesting situation. I thought, oh, well, maybe it's just because they love Drake Maverick. But I I don't know. It's weird because I don't think anyone loves Drake Maverick that much. No offense to Drake Maverick. It's just very confusing. And I, 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 need, I need to understand why. That being said, they had a very good match. MSK, of course, walked out with the win. That was no shock at all. But the real story afterwards was when Imperium showed up. Uh, Alexander Wolf looked down Killian Dane, which is a big story because they are former Sanity brothers, for those who may remember Sanity. Um, and it looks like, you know, it was probably a couple months ago now that 
Wolf was trying to get Dane away from Drake Maverick and into Imperium. So if this is the angle we're going, I'm very, very intrigued. And they were doing that with Timothy Thatcher as well. I mean, they had to drop that because of the chance. Uh, I think Thatcher got injured. But I don't. I wouldn't be against them adding a Killian Dane or a Thatcher because I feel like otherwise they're still kind of directionless. I mean. There was a point here where Tommaso and Thatcher said to MSK they're coming for their titles, but otherwise, I don't, I don't think there is too much there at the moment for Thatcher. So I guess I'm intrigued. I guess I will say I am intrigued. There was a beautiful moment on this show. So Raquel Gonzalez. The new NXT Women's Champion made her way out to the ring with Dakota Kai. She thanked Dakota Kai for believing in her, being her friend, yada, yada, yada. Very nice moment. Um, And then the lights hit. The lights hit. The music hit. And the debut of Frankie Monet was here. And when I say Frankie Monet, it is the formerly known as Taya Valkyrie of Impact Wrestling, of AAA, of Lucha Underground. Taya Valkyrie is the longest reigning Impact Knockouts Champion of all time. And when you think about how many Knockouts Champions there are and how prestigious that title actually is, that's very stunning. Frankie Monet walked right up to Raquel and said, I'm ready to take the top title from you. Um, And I'm pretty certain Frankie Monet will be the woman to take the title from Raquel Gonzalez. I kind of thought about it. Um you know, after the show this week, because I think, you know, when you have so many new champions, I think the only title that hasn't switched hands in NXT, like normal NXT is in North American recently. So when you think of champions, I think in, I'm thinking we go Frankie Monet, you know, I think she's going to have a pretty solid run. And then Saray, I think Saray who debuts next week, by the way, very exciting. I think Saray will be the one to beat, Frankie Monet when the time comes, but it could be the other way around. Saray could beat Raquel, but it seems we're going down the babyface route with Raquel, and Frankie Monet is definitely not going to be a babyface, so I'm definitely going with Monet probably in, you know, four or five months. But the big moment was after Frankie Monet left. Uh, seemed like the angle was over, and then Rhea Ripley's music hit. Very shocking. The Raw Women's Champion makes her way down to the ring, and you're like, what are we doing here? Because the last time these two were in the ring together, they destroyed each other in a very good match at uh, New Year's Evil, I believe. Then they hugged. They hugged because there was a big moment for them. They used to tag team on the... Florida circuit they down in, do down in NXT. And then as they were hugging, Bianca Belair's music hit. She came down. They all embraced. They took a great photo. They showed the old photo of those three from the Florida circuit. And it was a really cool moment. It was a really cool moment for NXT fans, for WWE fans, because it was a changing of the guard almost. I wrote an article this week about how Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley are leading the new era of sorts in the women's division. It's not just the four horse women anymore. 
Like, they can firmly believe in these two as not only their present, but future. And, yeah, it it was a really cool moment. Definitely one to check out. Santos Escobar, the undisputed cruiserweight champion who uh, defeated Jordan Devlin in a ladder match to become the undisputed champion, was going to hold an open challenge for his title. And he was answered by Kushida. And Kushida won the title in a very good match. Kushida is the new Cruiserweight champion. Finally, they give something to Kushida. I thought they should have gave him the North American title a few months ago. But this is pretty good, too. Uh, Kushida was dotting in some new gear as he was wearing um, some trunks, knee pads, and his usual boots. This match was really good. And Kushida is simply one of the best in the world. That hasn't changed since going to WWE. I think he's still very good. And he hasn't dramatically changed his style by any means. And this match with Santos Escobar was very fun. Um, I think Escobar is so world class. And I think Escobar can do better than just the Cruiserweight title. I think that for Kushida too, of course. But I think moving forward, the goal here is to... Move Santos Escobar up the card more than anything. I don't think he needs a cruiserweight title. I think giving Kushida a lengthy run with that would be really fun because he, again, is like one of the best in the company, in the world. So watching him wrestle is never a bad thing. And I think some matches, you know, that they could do for that cruiserweight title are going to be very exciting. Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Lee on Ruff. This match is the grudge match of sorts because these two have been feuding for almost forever. And I think that is the exciting part. You know, you've created a feud here that isn't for a title, is between two mid-card talents. That's intriguing to me. On a week-to-week basis. And if you didn't come out of this match. If you didn't come out of last week. Thinking that Isaiah Swerve Scott is an absolute star. You are wrong. I think Isaiah Swerve Scott is so good. That he is going to be NXT champion down the road. And this match was excellent. This match to me was probably the match of the night. Just a little bit better than. Kushida and Escobar. What Ruff is able to do is very, very, very interesting because he's a guy that I didn't hear much about before he signed with WWE. I knew he was big and evolved, but you didn't hear much about him. But man, he's been showing that he not only belongs, but he's one of the best. Like, give me a Kushida versus Leon Ruff match, and I would be very, very intrigued by that. But this was all about Swerve, ladies and gentlemen. Swerve walked out with the win. The confidence is growing in the guy, and that's the right move because I think, again, he's so good. He is so good. He has world champion tendencies, um, traits that not everyone has. He can cut a promo. He's fantastic in the ring. Keep rolling with Swerve here, please. 
the main event saw the way in the first their first ever match as a complete unit face off with Dexter Loomis, Bronson Reed, Shotzi Blackheart, and Ember Moon. So, the right, I'm really going to just talk about the important parts here. Um, Indy Hartwell acted like she was knocked out so that Dexter Loomis would notice her, which was it's hysterical. They can, Indy Hartwell is putting in the work right now to make this one of the funniest and best angles, which is just a credit to her. And Loomis ended up picking her up and walking her away because, you know, he thought she was passed out. And she would look at the camera, smile, and wink, which was fantastic. And that ended up resulting in it down to three on three. And Bronson Reed would ultimately get the pin on Austin Theory to win the match. Weird main event choice. Um, I definitely would have went with Swerve and Ruff, personally. I think that feud just had more smoke and heat to it. But... Is what it is. Overall, for NXT, this was a great first step for them. This was a great first step to feel like the old NXT again. Continue making these stories in the mid card. Continue to shine. Next week, we'll have Kyle O'Reilly's first appearance since him and Adam Cole beat the life out of each other in the main event of NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver Night 2. Plus... Saray will have her in-ring debut. A match two years in the making. Very exciting for Saray. Let's get to AEW now. Uh, I only jotted down a few things here. To me, it wasn't a show necessarily that broke ground, but it was a very good show from top to bottom, which is really all you can ask for in a wrestling show. Um, so the Young Bucks have fully embraced the heel turn now. They have gotten rid of their tassels. They uh, were in gray and like black tights. They are fully in with Kenny Omega, Don Callis. Don Callis brought them out to the ring. Yeah, this is full turn. And I think finally embracing a turn one way or another for the Bucks is better for them. Uh, for weeks, months, they've been switching back and forth to babyface to heel, babyface to heel. Just certifiably making them heels gives, you know, more intrigue down the line. And who beats them? I don't know. I don't really want them to. Lose and losses to Death Triangle in some shape or form, which they had their match to kick off the show last night. A very good match because Pac and Phoenix were in it, so it's automatically usually a good match. Uh, they did some crazy stuff. Ultimately, it was the Young Bucks who won in a very heel way. And it's... Let's just say this Elite storyline is far more intriguing now than it was before. Uh, because the the Young Bucks have fully embraced this heel-ness that I didn't think they were ever going to, and I thought they were just going to keep switching back and forth, back and forth. So I'm really happy that we're where we are now, 
And I am wondering if they're ever going to face the Good Brothers now. I felt like that was the match. I felt like that was where we were going at double or nothing, but that is clearly not where we're going. I guess SCU makes the most sense. Um, If SCU SCU beats the Young Bucks, I might freak out. Um, And that's that. Jade versus Velvet. Red Velvet. Yes? Red Velvet? I think? Yes. Sorry, I just had a massive uh, mind mess up. Uh, Jade Cargill, I say it every single week, she's an absolute star. Um, but Velvet, also a star. She has risen in this feud. Um, I think that's a credit to both women. They have helped each other grow and become certifiable stars. Jade is going to be women's champion. Who knows when, but my goodness, is she everything they could have hoped for. She's talented. She's already very good. She's got the promos down. This is very exciting as a fan. I just hope that, you know, they keep running with it. Because, excuse me, to me, there's no better choice on the roster than Jade. Um, I think Britt... Britt is great. I think Britt is absolutely great. She's going to be champion soon, but when the time comes, this is Jade Cargill's division. Anthony Agogo, the Olympic boxer, had his first match, and he destroyed some guy named Cole Carter with a punch to the stomach that ended the match. Big fan of this. Big fan of this. Do not ever change this guy's gimmick. Perfect. Just knocking people out via um, body shots. I'm all in on that. Chris Jericho versus Dax Harwood with Mike Tyson as the special guest enforcer. This match was not good. Not that I expected it to be good. Uh, Mike Tyson did punch Cash Wheeler, which was pretty funny. Um, Mike Tyson was also made a honorary member of Inner Circle or something. Jericho, of course, beat Dax Harwood because, come on. Uh, this was just, I'm just so not interested in the pinnacle inner circle stuff. I guess this was the, the promo that Jericho cut made me slightly, slightly interested. But no, I just, I don't like it. I think it's a flat feud. I think it's a flat feud. Uh, Thunder Rosa made her, had a great promo where she made it clear that she's going for the NWA Women's Championship and she's going for the AEW Women's Championship. She made it perfectly clear to everyone around the world that she is the best and she's going to win and she's going to win everything. She called out Serena Deeb most specifically saying, you have what's mine, which is the NWA Women's Championship. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where we go here. That's for sure. Chris Statlander had her first match back, and she looked very good. Um, Amber Nova, I believe she defeated. Yeah, it was it was quick work. There was not a single second of Chris Stat having trouble 
Um, and I'm very happy she's back because she was one of the shining stars of that early women's division in AEW. Christian Cage and Team Taz. That story continued on. Ricky Starks and Brian Cage were forced to stay in the back while Christian Cage denied the entry into Team Taz, leading to powerhouse Hobbs destroying Christian Cage. And when I say destroying, I mean this was absolute devastation on the um, behalf of Cage. And it made powerhouse Hobbs look like an absolute beast, which should always be the goal, especially with him because I think he is an absolute stud. Next week, they those two will square off officially. And that should be a very interesting match because the first time around with Christian Cage, they definitely aim to give him a marathon-type technical battle with uh, Frankie Kazarian. But with Powerhouse Hobbs, it's going to be a whole different ball game, ladies and gentlemen. Uh... Darby Allen versus Matt Hardy in the main event, a Falls Count Anywhere match for the TNT Championship. This was um, this was fine. Uh, I didn't have much excitement. I mean, the only the big part was when Darby Allen went up on the uh, like banister type thing that kind of like Jeff Hardy did once upon a time on Raw, jumped from it and hit the coffin drop, pinning Hardy to win the match. Lance Archer actually aided Darby Allen in this and Sting, attacking the Matt Hardy family group. So clearly, Lance Archer could be Darby Allen's next challenger. He's very much focused on Sting. It's very interesting to me. Uh, I, j- I just wonder... What's the goal? What is the goal with that feud? Time will tell. I don't think Lance Archer versus Sting is a very good plan, but I don't write the shows, so what do I know? All right. Well, that could have been it, but no, 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 no. It was revealed the second part of the bracket today for the Stardom Cinderella Tournament. So that means I can go over the results now and then predict the rest, which is very exciting. Um, in a in the first round, this is all first round matchups. Hamika defeated Hammond. Uh, this was not at all surprising. Um, Hamika is someone that Stardom is very much behind, and it's only a matter of time before they ride her singles run I think I don't think this is going to be her chance yet I um, I see certain other people having more success but for a first matchup to kick it all off I thought this was very fun um, Hannon's going to be a star absolute star which is funny because she's in stars <laughs> sorry um, but yeah Hamika made pretty easy work and the prospect of a Hamika Utami match excites me more than I ever thought it would. Um, it wasn't until a few months ago that I really understood Utami and what she's trying to do with her new role, and that's just being an absolute powerhouse. And Hamika, also known as Jumbo is a powerhouse in herself. So those two would absolutely have a hoss fight, and that is what I'm here for. I think that would be 
fantastic. So, yes, Amika moves on to, I believe she's already in the quarterfinals. Yeah, because round two is two matches, and she didn't get given either of those difficult cards. Second match of the tournament was Micah versus Konami. If you have followed me at all, you know how much of a Konami fan I am, but I am also a Micah fan, so neither way I was going to be really upset here. Micah did end up, after all, winning the match. Um, She hit a... Was it a German suplex on Konami that eliminated her on the banister? So, for those who are listening to my podcast and have no idea how Cinderella works, you can win by pinfall, submission, or tossing your opponent over the top rope, which makes any possibility of a win very entertaining. And Micah eliminated Konami, who had a really good showing in this match. It was one of my, it was probably my second. Favorite of the first round, actually. Um, but Konami had a great showing. She looked like a beast. Micah hit right back. And this was a big win for Micah, who I think has a very good chance of getting to the finals. Unagi Sayaka defeated Natsuko Tora. And not a lot of people were happy about that. I'm an Unagi Sayaka fan, so I was okay with it. I think she has had a very good story going on where she's this ultimate underdog that people can get behind and when she wins something it's shocking and this was another version of her winning she was able to get Natsuko over the top rope and let's think about it folks you have to remember that she was good at winning she won the um, stardom all-star rumble or whatever the hell it was she won that, so like getting someone over the top rope shouldn't be that shocking. Um, I feel bad for Natsuka Tora fans, but oh well, Unagi is clearly still shining. She is the second in Cosmic Angels, right behind Tam. But yeah, I mean, come on, it's hard to be better than Tam. Uh, but good for Unagi, big win. Uh, she's not going to win this whole tournament, so it's not a big deal. Trust me, it's not a big deal because the next two results are devastating to me. Starlight Kid defeated Momo Watanabe via suplex on the apron that eliminated Momo. Um, I mean, it's not hurting Momo by any means having her eliminated in the first round because, I mean, the white belt champion was eliminated in the first round. It just, I don't know. You you would hope Momo would have a okay run in this. But that was not the case. Starlight Kid played bracket buster per se and she came out with the win. And it's a good it's good for Starlight because she's clearly very good. She's very good and I think it was cool to have her win. It was such a big win. And I hope this could lead to maybe a singles match down the line because I think these two would have a really good showing. Um, Rina defeated Azumi. So Rina had to replace uh, Saki Kashima, which clearly showed that Saki Kashima was going to be the one walking out against Azumi, which I always thought, anyways. 
even though I wanted Izumi to win. I'll get over it. It's a good it's a good way of establishing Rena though. I think that is something everyone should take out of this. It's a way to show that, you know, she's a future star. And having her win a big match like this is not a bad thing. I just really hope that Momo and Azumi can start winning again soon. Because it's getting upsetting for me. Julia defeated Ruaka. That was not even slightly a conversation. That There was no part of me that was ever worried about Julia losing here. Um, yeah, that's that's that. Utami Hayashishita defeated Mina Shirakawa in a very, very, very physical and competitive match. I, I did not expect Utami to give Mina this much. Not a chance. No part of me thought that was happening, but it did happen. And, you know, some people could complain, some people don't may not. I was a fan of what this match was. I think Mina's had two good uh, single showings back-to-back, and that's good signs for her down the line. But yeah, Utami won. Come on. She holds the red belt. She's just dominant, and she's so good, so why would she lose? Mayu defeated Fukujin Death. Very interesting match. Um, Death embrace the Oedo Tai style, being very heelish, which was actually really entertaining. Uh, this match made me either smile, laugh, or be intrigued from start to finish, which is always a blessing. Uh, Mayu did, of course, win, as I said, because Mayu is the best and she shouldn't be losing. It's going to be a very interesting way of getting her out of this tournament, I feel, because this is Mayu Iwatani, ladies and gentlemen. There is no easy way of eliminating her from stuff because, you know, she's the best. She's the absolute best. Saya Kamatani versus Tan Nakano. This was the big match of the first round in my eyes because Tan Nakano, white belt champion, Saya Kamatani, the person that many believe will take that white belt from Tan Nakano, and they are we're giving it to us first round in the Cinderella tournament. And Saya Kamatani had one of the more gorgeous eliminations you'll ever see. She started a springboard. She went into the Harakarana spot and flipped Tam over the top rope to win. This was a picture-perfect result and instantly made this match for the future, which I think, you know, we're going down the road of Saya doesn't necessarily win the first time against Tam, but she certainly has a good showing, continuously has this good showing, and give it, you know, five or six more months, I do think it'll be time for Saya to win that title, but certainly not just yet. And finally, the main event, Siri versus Natsupoi. Siri is the clear favorite, and she won. This was my favorite match of the first round. I thought these two brutalize each other. Natsupoi can't miss to me right now. I think she's having some great, great matches. Siri was serious. Siri was a dick in this match. You're so confident. And this is what we've been wanting out of Siri. I'm very, very much intrigued. And, you know, I thought she was the favorite to win. 
but considering what we have seen now for the Cinderella tournament bracket, that may not be the case. So here is the bracket. We have a second round, which will be two matches, as two wrestl- as four wrestlers will have to double down to try to make it to the semifinals. Siri and Utami Hayashishita will face off in the second round. Yeah. Yeah, you know your probable red belt championship feud that's coming up. There is no way Utami wins this. Either Siri wins or it goes to a draw. I'm predicting draw for these two. I think that perfectly sets up for what they're doing in telling this feud. Uh, I mean, you could always have the shock that Utami wins and wins the whole thing and picks Siri because she said she wanted to face Siri, but I just don't think that's where we're going. I, I'm taking draw here. And the other second-round matchup is Mayu Iwatani versus Rina. This was clearly supposed to be Saki Kushima. Um, I'm I'm picking Mayu. I don't think they have Rina beat Mayu just yet. I might lose it if that's what we decide. Um, and the winner of that will face Hamika. So by default of me saying Siri and Utami going to a draw, Unagi Sayaka will move on to the semifinals. Which, you know, considering how much of a shining star and how much they believe in Unagi, it makes sense to at least give her that much shine. Um, more second round matchups include, yeah, second round matchups include Julia versus Micah. Now, this is a lot of intrigue. I think Micah wins here. I think Micah wins, beats Julia, which will mean Julia hasn't been able to beat Hamika, Siri, or Micah. Instantly. Adding a lot of storytelling to the Donna Del Mondo um, situation. And it's even more interesting to me because I'm pretty sure Tommy Hayashishita is going to beat Hamika and Siri soon in her quest as champion. Only adding to the fact that Utami can beat all of DDM, but Julia can't. So that's a story that I'm enjoying, but I'm picking Micah to win here. Um, and that would lead to a Micah versus Unagi semifinal. And I would be picking Micah to make it to the finals. Starlight Kid versus Saya Kamatani. Definitely picking Saya here. Um, I think it's going to be tough for anyone to lose to Saya, but I'm definitely picking Saya. Uh, Mayu Iwatani versus Hamika. I would pick Hamika to move on in the tournament, defeating Mayu, whether it be via. Hmm. Probably via elimination. But I guess you could always have Hamika pin Mayu. That would be big. But I think she'll probably just throw her out somehow. That would be down to Saya Kamatani versus Hamika on one side of the bracket. I would pick Saya Kamatani. I think this is her chance to further establish her as that main event star. And in the finals of the Cinderella tournament, I believe it will be Saya Kamatani winning over Micah. And then Saya will end up picking... Tam as her challenge.
I'm excited, folks. Uh, this is going to be really good um, when it comes down. We won't get the... We won't get the match until the 30th of this month. So, you know, 15 days away. But a lot's a lot of stuff to look forward to as fans of stardom. And I'm very intrigued because the Cinderella tournament has been a blast so far. And finally, my match of the week is Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair for Wrestle from WrestleMania 37 night one, a match that anyone should go take a look at based off the history of it, based off the love of it, based off the, emotion from it and based off how good these two deliver in the biggest stage possible i believe it is now my number three match of the year so if that doesn't tell you how great i thought it was then i don't know what will it's a great match and i think anyone should check it out this was the Wrestling with Edwards podcast with your host scotty wrestling you can check me out on twitter at scott e wrestling you can check my articles out at last word on sports.com slash pro wrestling i just wrote articles about rhea ripley bianca belair and roman reigns most recently as well as you can see my full in-depth analysis about wrestlemania and you can also check me out um at inside the ropes there i just wrote an article talking about every takeover and the best match from each one. So definitely check that out as well. So otherwise, thanks for listening. This ended up being pretty long episode. My bad. Um, hope you all had a fun time. And until next week, be safe and have a beautiful week. Tabi Gaku de Show